Hey, it's Greg Brown. Grab your logbook, because it's time for another cockpit adventure from the flying carpet. I'm an aviation author, adventure columnist, photographer, former National Flight Instructor of the Year, and Barnes & Noble Arizona Author of the Month. The Flying Carpet is a four-place single-engine light airplane. In it, my wife Jean and I have long traveled the North American continent, searching behind clouds for the real America, and experiencing aerial adventures like today's all along the way. Learn more at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, where you can also see photos from most episodes. And I'd appreciate your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. Having trained pilots to fly over many years, I was recently inducted into the Flight Instructor Hall of Fame. Every aviator develops mutually rewarding relationships with the flight instructors delivering his or her wings. Well, here's the backstory of one of those relationships that led over 22 years to the Flight Instructor Hall of Fame. I recorded this episode for this month's Naffy Notums, blog of the National Association of Flight Instructors. But while today's episode formally targets CFIs, it's a story every pilot will appreciate. Okay, everyone, board my flying carpet, tighten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff on today's adventure, flight number 20. Backstory, Flight Instructor Hall of Fame. Clear prop. Hey all, thanks for joining me for a few moments today. Uh, some of you may be aware that recently I had the honor of being inducted into the Flight Instructor Hall of Fame. And uh, it was a great honor and I was excited about it. And I'm still excited about it. But I wanted to share a little backstory with you regarding my experience with the Hall of Fame. Kind of a personal story. Years ago, at the dawn of social media, I hosted two forums on AOL Online. They were chat-type forums, you know, not so different from what we use now, but they were live chats typed in, for those of you who don't remember those days. And the two forums, one of them was a student pilot forum, answering questions and so on, and targeted student pilots, private pilots, and so on. And then the other one was called the Aviation Careers Forum. So this started in 1997. So I had these forums going, and I noticed over time there was someone in both groups named Christopher Sis, who appeared to be a very experienced pilot, probably a commercial pilot, maybe corporate, because he had many great answers to the questions that came up there. So I was, you know, super impressed with this. Well, one day, as a guest in this chat type forum it was probably the student pilot one, but I'm not sure. 
I had a representative of one of the big university flight programs as a guest to answer questions about their program. Afterwards, I get this message from Chris saying, hey, what do you know about that program? And I wrote him back, told him what I knew. It was a great program, one of the big ones we all are familiar with. And I wrote back and I said, uh, oh, you, you think about going back to school and getting a degree? And Chris says, oh, no, I'm only 15. I'm a high school student and I want to be a pilot when I grow up. So. Of course, there's an immediate bond there because this guy is so sharp. I thought he was a pro pilot and he's 15, right? So it was a, it was really fun. So over time, I got to know Chris and he started taking lessons. And he's a really eloquent guy, a very talented writer and so on, and shared a lot of stories reflecting his enthusiasm about taking lessons and flying. Uh, he learned to fly in Alaska and told me of circling a humpback whale on his solo cross country. And I'm thinking, well, this is this guy's a blast. Anyway, over time, Chris started asking me questions about my credentials, like how many flight hours do you have and what are your ratings and all this and other details about my background. And I've never been very good at talking about that stuff, uh, partly because I feel like whether we're good pilots, whether we're good flight instructors, whether we're good people is not directly related to what our credentials are. So you might be a terrific flight instructor with a few hundred hours. We all know some of those, or you might have a ton of experience, but the numbers alone don't tell you the answer, do they? So Chris kept asking me these various questions. And finally, I told him what I just told you, that uh, I feel that these are just numbers. They don't reflect my skills or anyone else's taken out of context. So Chris says, okay, I give up. He says, I've been trying to nominate you for the Flight Instructor Hall of Fame, but I know I need more information. I just can't do this without your input. So, of course, I was shocked and surprised and delighted. I mean, this guy at the point, this is 1999 that he nominated me for the Flight Instructor Hall of Fame. And here's a teenager who has spent hours trying to create this nomination packet so once we discussed this, he said, Greg, you got to finish this up yourself because I, I can't, <laughs> you're not giving me enough information. So in the mail, I receive a notebook. Actually, I still have the notebook. 1999 Flight Instructor Hall of Fame nominee. This is like 50 pages long, filled with clippings and stuff about my accomplishments. And they were there were things in there I had never seen before that he had found in various coverage. So, of course, I was super honored, but, you know, I'd been instructing 20 years and the people who were in the Hall of Fame were some who I knew, people like Bill Kirshner, who I certainly didn't feel to be in that category with him, Joe Vorbeck, uh, several others. So I said to Chris, well, thank you so much. Maybe someday, but not now.
In any case, I wrote a column about it for an Epi mentor at the time. And uh, there's an associated link here where you can read that column if you're interested. But this caused me to think a great deal about my impact on at least this one student that he felt so strongly, and, and we at that time had never even met in person, that someone like that would care enough and think that I had contributed enough to his life as a pilot to put that work in and do that. And the idea that, you know, each of us puts a lot of energy into trying to help our flight students achieve their dreams of flight. And we don't always realize just how much we've done for them, enough so that we will have a lasting impact and we will be remembered. And I closed the column at the time saying, you know, every one of us flight instructors, if we put our heart and soul into it, we're in at least one pilot's hall of fame and probably many of them. And that's something to be super proud of. And at the time I wrote, being in Chris Sis's Hall of Fame is enough for me. I've made the Hall of Fame. And every one of you watching this has made somebody's Hall of Fame. And I think that that's the, the bottom line. Sure, it's wonderful to have industry recognition. And again, I'm proud of uh, actually achieving it this year. But at the same time, this is just symbolic of every one of us in this small pond we're in, professionals. So flash forward 22 years till 2021, and a number of people are urging me to apply because, as you know, there'd been a hiatus on Hall of Fame because of COVID. Nominations opened up and several friends said, oh, you should apply for that. And uh, several people offered to nominate me, which was a great honor. And finally, I said, you know what? If Chris Sis will nominate me, I will apply. Chris is now an airline captain for a major airline. And he said, of course, I'll nominate you. And he wrote a wonderful nomination letter. And I found out some other neat things. As I contacted a few people to provide references, dear friends and people I highly respect in the industry, fellow flight instructors, I found out that I think I contacted maybe eight or 10 people. About three quarters of them, Chris had contacted back in 1999 and asked if they'd be willing to write reference letters back then. And then I got to thinking about you know, we're in this small field, and one of the benefits is we get to know people well. We make these wonderful lifetime friends among fellow flight instructors, not to mention among our students and other pilots, and that added to the richness of it. So we've submitted the whole packet, and the rest is history, so to speak. Last October at NBAA, I was inducted into the Flight Instructor Hall of Fame 22 years after the first nomination. And the whole thing was made special because it's still about Chris Sis and a bunch of other wonderful people that I have had the honor of flying with over all these years. And I want to say to you, I am mighty proud to be among your number that we're in somebody's flight instructor hall of fame.
So I'm mighty proud to know you. Thanks for being in that club with me. Thanks for riding along on today's Flying Carpet Adventure. Please help me continue this podcast by sharing your favorite Flying Carpet episodes on social media, posting reviews on your favorite podcast directories, and donating via my Greg Brown Flying Carpet website. Thanks in advance for your support. You can find photos from most episodes at my website, gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please check out my book of aviation adventure stories, Flying Carpet, The Soul of an Airplane, for which I was named Barnes & Noble Arizona Author of the Month. Learn about that and my other aviation books at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com. Also at gregbrownflyingcarpet.com, you'll find my views from the flying carpet aerial photography, available in fine art metal prints and pilot achievement plaques. Oh, and I'd appreciate hearing your feedback in my Flying Carpet Podcast Facebook group. Follow my social media sites, most of which can be found by searching Greg Brown Flying Carpet. And consider joining my student pilot pep talk group on Facebook. Thanks again for joining me on today's Flying Carpet Cockpit Adventure. Music by Hannes Brown. See you next time.